Good morning and welcome back to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And we're back talking about change. change. And this time around, as you know, the emphasis is on how the concept of dealing with change, the reality, the factual part of change, it's happening. This time around, we're talking about how that feels in our experience, in our hearts, in our situation. Yeah, sort of the personal application of yeah. it. It's like we the last couple of weeks, we've really been sort of understanding the idea of it, big picture. the big picture, yeah. and now we're bringing it a little bit closer to home. And how do I deal with it personally? How And how does your personality in general deal with change? Because obviously there are people we talked... We talked a little bit about having aloha last mm-hmm. week, you know. Um, I love that. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was I was really happy with the direction that the conversation. Yeah, went in. absolutely. So, so and we, we the personal at, application and how you deal with change. Yeah, and we hinted at some of those things last week when we asked, uh, "Where are you rooted?" Mm-hmm. And actually, by the way, um, a, a while back, I posted a blog post called "In the Nick of Time" on my on my website waypastok.com. There's a blog post called. Again, in the nick of time, and it has to do with a conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. And it's that part. It's in the third chapter Mm -hmm. of John, and it's the part where Jesus tells this guy, you've got to be born again. But the point I try to make in the blog post is that it may not mean what you think it means. You know that Jesus is not especially interested in a one-time ceremony with a duly uh, designated leader and a a special certificate Mm -hmm. and a hat you get or whatever. That's not his style, and you know that. And in fact, that's kind of the point. Being born again has to do with being rooted and grounded in something new. Jesus says, if you're born of the flesh, nothing's going to work for you, to, in mm-hmm. so many words. You've got to be born of the spirit. In other words, what are you based in? And so that really ties into some of those things. I'd invite you to go back and check out my blog and, and read the article that, that I wrote. But the basic idea is, if you are rooted in the outer, in microphone stands and everything else. If you're rooted in the outer, those things change. And if you get your sense of self, your self-esteem, your identity, your thing from things that change, you're going to be trying to hit a moving target with your life all the time. And it's never going to get better because the fact, as we've said, is that everything in the outer changes. Mm -hmm. And so the name of the game is to find a way to be rooted on something on the inside. And that basic idea is at the core of what we're talking about all this month. But that idea is expressed in something that, that we've talked about a couple of times now and we're going to come back to because it really was the inspiration for the whole workshop. And that is that in one way or another, when you really think about it, God is God, you know, pretty good deductive reasoning there. God doesn't change. God's already here. Kingdom of heavens in your midst, all of that stuff, right? God's already here. God doesn't change. You wouldn't want God to change. This is an important thing. Just as a sidebar, think about how many times you're asking God to change. And maybe that's why that particular prayer isn't working out like you thought, because you don't want God to change. You don't want God to show up. God's already here. And if I say a prayer of, God, will you show up? What I'm really saying is, God, I don't believe you're here. And that's problematic for different reasons. We've talked about all of that. If you know that God is here and God's already got this, then truthfully, every prayer that you pray 
is a prayer for outer change. In other words, you can change the words around, but in a very real way, the prayer is really, God, I know you've got this. Can you please help me take things out of the way? Can you change the fact that I know that you provide for me, that God is my source, but in the outer, I need the bank account to change to reflect that. I know that God is love, but in the outer, I'm lonely. Can you change that, for example? I know that God is life, and yet in the outer, I'm experiencing these problems in my physical body and that kind of thing. One way or another, every prayer is a prayer for outer change. That's the deal. When you're praying, you're praying for change. We know that. But here's the conundrum. It took me a minute to set all this up. Thanks for bearing with me. But the basic thing is, so many times people have come to me, and I, I know come to you as well, and basically, if you, if you really boil it down, they go, I prayed for change, and now everything's changed. Well, speaking of prayers, um, let's do our invocation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to introduce some change <laughs> and do the you invocation You did, and do later. the invocation, you know, halfway through. This the- <laughs> is my wonderful, sweet wife. This part, You're an amazing partner. You're like, I'm just going to let this, this nutty guy roll with this for a while and see if he remembers. I always yes. look for a space to break in. I honestly do, but there you weren't giving. You were on fire today. Uh, there was not a space, oh, but I I'm like, more. but Stay okay. Tuned. I was like, well, he's talking about prayer. He's talking about prayer. Maybe I can break speaking in there. Of prayer, speaking of prayer, goofball, let's do the let's, invocation. I so love let's it. so let's just take a minute, <laughs> close our eyes, and pray together for just a time at the start of this. That's a great idea. God, God is, and, and I am. I stand on holy ground. ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it truly is. Amen. Amen. All right. Now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> well, you know what? Now you can go. Just that, go Just go for it. That actually worked out really well. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend like I planned that. I just kind of... You didn't. That's no, all right. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but if you think about the words of the prayer that we just said, the essence of it is God is and I am. I know that there is this sense of permanence. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I look for it, In my situation right now, there is life, there is truth, there is freedom, and I'm choosing to align myself with it and let all of the things that don't seem like life, that don't seem like truth, that don't seem like freedom, I'm letting those things go. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the prayer looks like. So again, it's so funny that people pray for change and then they don't know what to do when change comes. Well, I think it takes them back a little bit and and i know for us personally Uh when we have had prayers of okay this real we need to really figure this out let's Uh let's figure this out and then events happen that we never considered almost all the time almost all the time and the problem gets solved and usually in a much better way than we could have ever imagined and then we're always surprised we are always surprised. And I, and I remember years ago, 
you know, sort of making a covenant with you going, can we not act surprised when something works out after we pray and then let go? Can we please like work on on going, oh, of course, even if we're faking it, it's kind of of like faking. But but I will say that that is- We've gotten better about it. We have. You're right. But it's not so much the prayer that, that people have a challenge with because- Obviously, if you understand these things and you know God's there and God works in and throughout your life, it is when those change happens and mm-hmm. you're and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 that's not how I wanted it to change. Oh yeah, I what, said what's change. I didn't mean I didn't, change. I didn't mean change. Yeah, no, there's yeah. there's and, something and, that there's there's something really really profound about that, and I, I think about in the Bible how often, especially Jesus, but you see it other places too. But over and over again, Jesus says something like, don't be amazed. Right. It, you're not supposed to be amazed. Yeah. Get over the amazement. And in fact, um, we used to serve at a church where one of the, the statements that they would say is God is amazing all the time and all that. And it sounds great. Well, and it invokes, a, it, it's, and the, you want to think, yeah. you know, but, yeah, And, and the people who said it, their hearts are in the right place. I'm not trying to clobber anybody. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be amazed. I don't want to be amazed that God is here. God's not amazing. I want to get to the place where I have gotten to that, that next level of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the things that I think about is, is, you know, we have been the parents of teenagers and our kids have been amazing, but a teenager is a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, and I witness other parents, you know, so teenagers, sometimes they're late for showing up for dinner. They take a while to put their shoes on. They don't do the thing. The garbage doesn't get taken out first thing on the chore list. You know, that kind of stuff. Because they're figuring out their own boundaries and their own life. And it's really wonderful part of the Hakuna Matata circle of life thing. It's okay. But it's a bad parent who goes, oh, great. You finally decided to show up for dinner. Right. I know it's tempting. I get it. But it's manipulative and it's a little bit mean. And it's also basically you're saying, I am surprised and amazed that you did the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. And that doesn't feel very well, good. Well, you, you know, that's not loving parenting. That's, right. that's not great parenting. Well, in a not so different way, do you really want to go, oh, I'm amazed, God, you came through for me. Mm-hmm. Here's God going, really? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you amazed? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's where the blockage is. So first of all. But better to be. To be grateful and reinforce that. I mean, if yeah. you're talking about be, teenagers, be delighted. Yeah, be delighted and be grateful. Hey, say, hey, man, you, you thank you so much for getting yeah. to the dinner table on time. It means a lot to me. Yeah, I'm not again, saying act like it's nothing. I'm no, saying no, change but, your amazement into delight, mm-hmm. into gratitude. Hey, cool. You know what? I'm just, I just want to let you know that I'm really glad that that you got that handled. You, right. you, you took out the garbage. That's cool because it, it helps. You know, now the kitchen doesn't smell or whatever. You know, right. it's a thing. Right. But don't lay down the guilt trip. Don't be amazed when your kids do the thing that they're supposed to do. Don't be amazed, be amazed when somebody loves you. Just keep it on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but work right. on not being amazed about God. And the thing is that that means you have to get to the place where it's not going to happen exactly on your timing. One of the right. things that we talked about is there's an order to the universe. There's a divine order. It ain't your order. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important distinction. And I like to I like to think that there is a like we say there's an order that's but I like the term and I use the term rhythm. Mm. There's a there's a rhythm to things. And I like it, and, that. It, and it may just not be your turn to you know to 
beyond that certain beat. You Your know? job and, is and not to dictate it. Yeah. Your job is to dance, dance to, to it. it. Right. I like exactly. That a lot. And I really, I, think I, that's really I, good. I really do. I think that there is this rhythm and there's mm-hmm. this movement to the universe that is so beautiful. And again, we, we use a lot of analogies like surfing and, yeah. and, and, you know, I know that we use the music analogy a lot. Well, you look at a really, guy like me and you're like, Natural athlete, of course. I use a lot of athletic uh, metaphors. But, but honestly, I, I think that when you, you know, why I think that we do that is because I think when you bring it into your physical being, mm-hmm. when you're having to use your body, you are closer to what it feels like than when you're just thinking about it. If you're just sitting yeah. in a chair thinking about it, you don't know how it feels. Right. And so I think using physical analogies help you to get closer to that emotional well, sure. part. And like, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm a terrible golfer and I don't, I haven't played golf in years and years and years, but I do love it when I do it. And the thing that I, there's a lot I don't know, but the thing that I do know is if you're standing there, you're going, okay, head back and do your fingers and don't crouch and bend your knees and all that. It's not going to, the ball's not going to go where you want. You may not even connect with the ball, but to the degree that you can just be really centered. It's kind of a Tai Chi kind of a mm-hmm. thing, strangely enough. If you can just get out of the way and be the ball, yeah. as we learned from one of the most very important, catch-ash. yeah, very important <laughs> spiritual movie. Um, but there's actually some, some be the ball is actually a really good thing. Remove <laughs> no, the barrier. No, it is. I love that. But to the degree that you can feel it, this isn't about thinking. And in fact, the more you think about your form, the more you're going to have bad form. It's true in golf and it's true in a lot of things. But anyway, that's why I think that we we yeah. often use, you know, physical um, examples is because I think you can you you know how it feels to run, you know mm-hmm. how it feels to jump on a trampoline, you know right. how it feels to swim and to use your body, and and you know how it feels to ride a roller coaster, and yeah, and you know all the so you know that's well, and I think that also in the physical experience, you know that the last step you took. The last wave you surfed, the last golf ball you hit, it's gone now. Mm-hmm. And that's no big deal. You know that it's not a problem. Right. And you know that some of the things you've learned will apply to the next thing, but you also know the wind's going to be blowing differently. The wave's going to come in differently. Yeah. The ground's going to... And that's fine with you. Yeah. It doesn't tend to be fine when you intellectualize things. I think one of the tests, am I over-intellectualizing things is, am I expecting everything going forward to be exactly like the way it used to be? Right. And so... A physical metaphor works really well. And I want to double down on that because it, it makes me think of that Henry Ford quote where he said, and you've heard this before, if I'd asked people what they wanted, you know, when he's mm-hmm. making the car, um, they would have asked for a faster horse. Yeah. And there's something really important there because first of all, it's a statement about be bold and trust your ideas and your intuition, even if other people don't understand it. And that's a beautiful message too. But the other message there is understand that if you're going from an intellectual basis, the only thing you're going to put out there is what you're already comfortable with. People are comfortable with horses. If I say, how can I make transportation better? They're going to say, well, I know about horses. I just want one of those, but better. But what you really need is a paradigm shift. Right. If you take that into the Bible thing, you know, Ten Commandments time, here's Moses and the, the Israelites getting ready to cross the Red Sea. Pharaoh's breathing down their neck. What are we going to do? If humans were in charge of a solution, it would have involved boats. Boats, yeah. You know? Yeah, or life preservers or something. Or giving up. Yeah. You know, you saw what Edward G. Robinson did. But anyway. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. But you know what I mean? <laughs> If human solutions are the solution, it would have been boats. And the thing is, that wouldn't have worked, right? Right. 
the beautiful moment, and as we we hinted at last week, Moses has some struggles with letting God be in charge. And actually, that's a really interesting. If you read the stories of Moses with that in mind, it's a great time. If, if you're trying to struggle with your yeah. relationship with how God works, letting God be in charge of all that, pay attention to his journey. And pay attention to the place where Joshua has to take over yeah, and all yes, that. Yeah, Joshua but is the one that leads everybody in the He's the one that gets land. to go there because yeah. he represents love, love, which has to do with acceptance yeah. and all that. But anyway, the one of the beautiful victory moments of Moses is him being able to go, basically, the, the, the moment at the shores of the Red Sea is Moses going, all right, God, right. I know there is no doubt in my mind that you got this. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I have no idea yeah. how this is going to play out. I just know that you promised that you're going to set us free. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. And that's the deal. Moses does not part the Red Sea. Right. He doesn't. God parts the Red Sea. And Moses would be the first person to tell you mm-hmm. that. You know, and over and over again, Jesus doesn't perform the healing. God, God does, does the healing. Yeah. Jesus is going to be the first person to tell you that. In fact, he tells you that over and over again in the in the miracles. You know the breakdown. I've said this before. Jesus is there for the healing. And the person says, wow, Jesus, you're magic and special and different. You've got a magic garment. And I touch the hem of the garment or whatever. And Jesus says over and over and over again, consistently, it is not I, but the Father. Mm-hmm. God does the healing. That is not your job. Right. And so in the same way, let's get to the place where we are okay with wonder but not amazement. And there's a profound difference there. Man, God, you really came through in a way that I wasn't expecting, but there was no doubt in my mind you were gonna. Yeah, so I think step one in the personal application, again, is sort of don't be amazed. But I also wanna talk about another aspect of all of this um, in my personal experience when I have made the change, when something goes on, when I'm like, you know what? Nope, something's gotta be different here. here. We go. I'm gonna doing this. You get the kind of smugness of the people around you of, oh, well, you've changed. You've changed. You've changed. What a funny pejorative that is when you really think about it. Because, again, all you want is change. Yeah. That's every prayer. When you're really praying effectually, you're praying for outer change. Yeah. You want that. I want to be different in the outer than I was before. I want to be smarter. I want to be better. I want to be more able to to show the love and the beauty and the truth that I have on the inside. I want to change. I want the outer me to change to reflect the thing that doesn't change on the inside. Of course I want change. Mm -hmm. And yet one of the the most profound insults you can throw around when you think about it. It's why, oh, well, you've changed. Yeah, sticks and stones and swear words, no problem, whatever. Right. But when somebody says, you've changed, they mean business. Well, They're trying I, to hurt, you know, I don't know you anymore. You've changed. Well, wait a minute. Is the thing you knew about me, all that outer stuff? Right. Then you never knew me. Right. And that's, well, and that's an important And that's what thing. I was going to say is let those comments fall away. Let those people making those comments fall away because 
the people that really know you, the people that really love you, they're going to be on board and they're going to be able to celebrate your growth and they're going to be able to celebrate your change. Uh, it might, I've had friends in the past that it takes them a minute, and that's okay. you know, and that's okay. Everybody's that, grow, you know, you know? They, they might go away for a little while and then come back. People and, deserve grace and, and space. Grace you know? and space. And, and, and for myself included, because if you're trying to make that major change in your life, whether it's, I don't know, dietary or financial, um, I know that, for example, when our kids were little, we were very young and all of our friends were wanting to go out and party all the time. Right. And we were like, no, we have kids to raise. Yeah. And, and, oh, well, you've changed. You used to, yeah. you used to, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I have. I've started my life. You know, it's and it's so, happening now. Yeah. And, and until they knew what we were going through, now we're, we're, you know, fancy free and doing, doing our thing. And they're still dealing with their right. children and, you know, the tween years or the adolescent years and, and things of that nature. And so I think it's a very different, um, dynamic, well, but, but anyway, the point is, is that, um, not everybody knows where you're at, I guess I want to say, mm -hmm. not everybody knows where you're coming from and because they haven't lived through your experiences. But again, that, that grace to give people grace in order to have their own journey and just cheer them on. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing. So I think that, that, and this bleeds a little bit into next week's conversation about how we deal with other people, but I can say really quick, if somebody says you've changed, I think the thank quick you. answer is thank yeah, you. I'm thank trying you. to, Yeah. but that, that might be all you need to say. I have but, asked, I have asked people, does that bother you? Yeah. I was going to say, and, I think and then they're like, they get real quiet. There's a deeper and answer and it has to do with the idea of, well, you know what? Maybe we need to take a minute because I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to let you know who the real me is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know all of that. Yeah. I'm part of something infinite. I'm never going to know all of it, but here's what I know so far about who I really am. And if I didn't show you that before, it's because I didn't know how I wasn't equipped, wasn't trained for it, whatever. And in fact, you know, I'm sorry I didn't, but I couldn't. I wasn't there yet. Well, but I, here I am. And I'm trying my best to be true to this thing. And so if something on the outer has changed for you, I want to let you know who I really am. And thank you for bringing it to my attention yeah. that, that apparently you didn't. Well, you know, and there's, there's, a, there's another, room for healing there. There's another aspect to this. You know, if you're still holding on to a grudge or anger or any uh -huh. yucky feelings about someone in your past, like let's say high school or something like that. Sure, it, it comes up. The chances are they're not the same person right now. Of especially, not. Especially if it's 15, 20, 25, 30 years down the line and you're holding on to those memories and those grudges of, of, a, of a person that probably didn't know any better and you're only hurting yourself. So I think, I think along with this change for yourself and, and you know, we've had the lens sort of focused on you, you know, our, ourselves, our personal selves, but it can also kind of go the other way too, where we can allow people the ability to change and forgive them mm -hmm. for not knowing any better. Cause that's really what it comes down to. Well, sure. And, you know, and, and, and the only person that those grudges and that non-forgiveness is hurting is you. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't, ex the truth is, is that I am not the same person that I was when I was not in the thank, outer. Thank God. First and of all, I, my job um, is to try and be more and more yeah. like what I am on the inside. Yeah. And you know what? That is 
is there's always going to be more work to do there because the child of God part of me that I'm trying to show you, well, that's infinite. Mm -hmm. So I'm never going to be able to show everybody all of it. But what I want to do is get out of the way of it to the greatest degree that I can in this moment with what I have right now. So if somebody says you've changed, it's a great opportunity for you to go, thank you. I'm trying. And you can go further and say, well, is that yeah. how you feel about that? Where, yeah. where, Just like where your relationship with God is grounded, is it grounded in outer things or is it grounded in inner things? Is your relationship with other people, is your relationship with me grounded in, in whether or not I have a mustache or something? Mm -hmm. Not so great. Let's figure that out. It's an opportunity for healing when, when somebody says something like that. One of the things that's coming up a lot, and I, it keeps coming up, is the the whole mask thing. Hmm. It's Halloween. No, well, that too, but you know what I mean. The COVID. I, read a, I read a wonderful thing that was like, Halloween's the best all the can all the all the candy is packaged so you know there's non exposure uh -huh. everybody has to wear masks anyway you're not clumped in a big group you're individual you know so it was they were advocating for halloween hey. to go forward it's probably one and the truth is it's probably one of the safest holidays if you consider I'll, i you i think can... i'm going to toss i think i'm going to toss candy this year like, i like it like just, i like it you know, yeah a nice socially distanced uh, halloween situation yeah but I want to reflect for a moment on what has gone on with the mask thing. It's very, it's a very simple request. We, you know it, you're part of this, this world and you've seen it in every media imaginable. Someone who knows what they're talking about says, you know what, in order to really get out in front of the COVID thing, in order to reduce the burden on those amazing doctors and nurses and caregivers and infrastructure and everything else in order for us to get past this so we can get to the point where people can go to church again in the movies and mm -hmm. restaurants and you name it. What we need to do is back off of our lives a little bit and put on a mask. It's not complicated. It's literally the least you can do and all of that. And by and large, I think it took it took some people a little while, but by and large, people went, oh, you know what? We're all in this together. And you can see examples in some yeah. places of the world where like they're done now because they stepped back from it. You know what? We're all going to stay home. We're all going to wear our masks. We're all going to do all of the things. New Zealand, I think, is done, mm -hmm. for example, more or less. You know, there are places who are done. We're still chewing on it here in America, but, you know, we'll figure it out too. But the point is. The resistance that we saw from people saying, nobody can tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm not, here's the thing, I'm not going to change. Yeah. And I just think that that's a really dysfunctional thing. And the metaphor of, well, yeah, okay, then you're going to be part of sick. You're going to be part of spreading the sick or at least the fear of the sick. You're going to be part of the problem. You're going to make all of this take longer. It's and look, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm not going to take too bold of a stance here. I'm not going out on too much of a limb by saying if you're not doing your thing, you're making this take longer. That's just the deal. And it's true about COVID specifically, but it's also true about a lot of things lot in of life. Things. If you're not doing what you're here to do, you're going to make whatever it is take longer. And I got to tell you, so many times people have, have 
before they realize that they're praying for change, they try to pray the prayer of, I don't want anything, anything to, change. to change. And in fact, right. I'm going to fight change. And in the workshop that when I was doing the standing up talking part of the workshop, got to come up with a better name for that. <laughs> um, I, I reminded everybody that the bad guy in the story, every single story is the one who's trying to keep change from happening. And the good guy is the one who says, or, we're going to pull together and do it different. Or go back to the good old days. Yeah. That's a trope too, that it's just like, oh, I want to get back to the good old days. Well, you know what? The thing is, is that the good old days, there was a lot of bad stuff yeah. in the good old days. The good there was a lot of when, prejudice and there you know, was a yeah. lot of suffering yeah. and there was a lot of, That's you know, illnesses that weren't, view. you know, it really is. And so it's just like, well, I want, you know, well, I mean, and it's take just that, like, whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, hold societally, on. a hundred years ago, let's say, there were a lot of things going on, right. not so great, not so like great. the good old days when polio was a problem. Right. When there was, how about we go back further for slavery? Is that the good old days? I right. mean, come on now. Yeah. That doesn't work that way. Right. Time's arrow moves in one direction. Yeah. We're getting smarter. And you know what? It's taken a while, but that's okay. And it's easy to idealize a, a, sure. a moment in time. And, and, and the thing is, is we should look back. And carry with us the traditions and the good things yes. and the healthy things. But think and about I think your that own that's, life. But I, and yeah. I think that that's what people really mean. Right. But I do think there's a handful of people that wouldn't mind things going yeah. back to the good old but days. But that's because they're where not, there are they're not, not so many good things But you happening. know what that is? That's fear. It is fear. And it's, I was going to say it's that. It's really easy. Think about your own life. We don't even have to make this a social criticism. Think about your own life. I think when I think about my own childhood, there are times when like trying to figure out the job market or paying a mortgage or fixing a thing or dealing with a grown-up problem, there are times when it's easy to romanticize the idea that, man, when I was 12, mm -hmm. the the toughest problem in my life was, can I get home from school in time to play video games before the A-team comes on? That is a problem. Though. It is a problem. But you know what <laughs> I mean? And so it's easy to go, man, oh man, if only it was like that. But yeah, man, oh man, if only it was like that when... I had no power over anything, anything in my life right. and no money. And right. I, th I realized that, you know what? I was a pretty stressed out, mixed up kid. And I forget that in the moment when all I can think about is I would rather play a Nintendo than pay a bill. Well, and but the thing is, is what you, what that you it really takes all want the meaning out of it. and what you really want is you want the freedom. Yeah. You want the peace. You want a break. Mm -hmm. So if you can get again, get to the core idea of why you're romanticizing the not changing, the staying the same. Why do you want to stay the same? And again, it's it comes out of fear because I'm afraid if I change, then other things will change. And mm -hmm. you're right, yeah. they will. Um, but, but you're going to be dragged there it, one way or well, the other. And it and, turns and, out that change is what you want. I think yeah. that the overarching spiritual lesson here and it's the lesson that Moses and the children of Israel learned. It's a lesson that Jesus talks about in so many words over and over again. The big deal lesson for this week is the only way out is, is through. through. Yeah. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. This is the deal. This is how all of this works. Don't try to go back. There's no back. You're smarter now. You can't, un would you want to unlearn lessons that you've learned? You don't want to do that. Not really. Let's keep growing. The children of Israel had to go through all of this to get to the promised land over and over again. You've got to go through the crucifixion to get to Easter. It's the deal. The only way out is through. And so let's be the kind of people, this goes back to the I am ready prayer, who go, all right, bring it on. Mm -hmm. 
Here we go. Because I know that even though there are outer parts of me that are going to come and go, the truth of me does not. The strength that I draw upon is an inexhaustible resource. And so, you know what? Here we go. I'm I'm willing and able to go through this. And if it means getting out of my comfort zone and not going to a restaurant and breathing on the bus boy, Mm -hmm. means maybe wearing a mask and doing the right thing just because there's a greater good, or whatever the example is for you, I'll do it. I'm willing to be uncomfortable because my real comfort is not grounded in the things that are comfortable in the outer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that moment when Jesus says, I'm giving you the peace that passes understanding. And part of what that means is this isn't going to fit between your ears. This isn't an intellectual understanding. Mm -hmm. The peace passes understanding when you stop trying to own it intellectually and control it and fit it into your ego and your comfort zone. Real peace is when you are okay with discomfort. And it seems paradoxical, but your life, once again, is a great example of that. And that whole lesson is really, really hard for new thought people to understand. It is more difficult for us to get, us people who were raised in unity, religious science, uh, traditions like that. Anybody that comes from Emma Curtis Hopkins' world, you know, and, and I'm a proud member of that world. But on the other hand, it's easy to misunderstand and think, well, if I just think it, I'm going to dictate this. And we, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, so I don't want to beat it into the ground, but it's especially difficult for us. So much so that I got a very similar question from a couple of people since the, the last time we talked. And the question was, in, in so many words, I was trained that I'm supposed to be very specific in my yeah. affirmations. I was trained that I'm supposed to, okay, God, it's going to be $50 and it's going to be a red car and it's going to be this day of the week and God, here's the deal. And I was trained mm-hmm. that that's the deal. And I understand that. But what I want you to understand is, here's a great example. In the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, great book. If you're working on a prosperity thing, the name says it all. It's a wonderful book. You can't get better than Lessons in Truth, Christian Healing, and Prosperity. Those are the three books right alongside with the Bible. That's everything. But anyway, in Prosperity, Charles Fillmore says in one of the chapters, before you go to bed at night, Fill your mind with visions of prosperity. And he talks about the idea of think about what it would be like to be in, for example, the dream house, the dream job, the dream situation. Fill your mind with it. But if you really read the chapter, see, the thing is that I think some people will go, okay, okay got it, done. Got it, done. I'm going to put and the they, book down. And they stop and there. I'm That's gonna, what I was going to say yeah. is, and they, is a, a typical stance is you go halfway. Yeah. Well, I did this. I read half I of read the half secret of this, yeah. and now I'm going to start attracting my new Buick or whatever. And a lot and, of people did. Yeah. A lot and, of people went halfway with yeah. it. Yeah. And the thing is, if you really read that part, Charles Fillmore is saying, I want you to get good at the idea that it's okay to be taken care of by God. Mm-hmm. I want you to get good at the idea that that prospering is as natural as breathing, as natural as your heartbeat. But I want you to get okay with the idea that however it comes into your life, this is about you getting nimble, yeah. not you getting brittle. Right. 
You know, basketball players uh, practice visualizing that perfect three-point shot and it makes them better at basketball. But there's no basketball player in the world that thinks it's going to go exactly like that. Right. Yeah. They know that there's going to be differences, different players on the field, different time on the shot clock, different everything. It's not about that. It's about getting comfortable with, with being prospered. And I was talking with a friend of mine about this. And what I said was, I'm not going to go word for word, but basically what I said was, imagine that you're in love with somebody. It's a romantic relationship. And you're expecting roses and they bring daffodils. You can get mad about that if you want. That's going to tell you something about where your love is grounded. Um, I beg your pardon. I didn't promise, <laughs> promise you a rose garden. garden. Oh. <laughs> well, you come on. You left that door wide no, open. And the thing is, there's this wide wonderful open. moment when you realize the person you love is worse than you. <laughs> but but no. Did you just have that moment? No, we've both uh-huh. had that moment. Well, so you've many times you've changed. Ah, uh, you've changed. You've changed. Love it. But no, you can get mad if they don't bring you the flower you were expecting. Or you can go, wow, thanks for loving me in unexpected ways. Yeah. You get to you get to choose about if you want to be a wet blanket about this or if you want to enjoy that moment. Just because it didn't come on your terms, that's kind of the point. I think it's kind of horrible not to allow people to love you the way that they express love. And, and you know, you deal with this as part of your coaching program. That's true, yeah. Your, your um, yeah. five-by-five coaching program mm-hmm. that you've done with several people. And yeah. it's, every time it's really wonderful to see the one people. Of the, one of the steps but in one my of the program steps that is, you do, is be loved. Let somebody love you according to their, their terms, terms, not according to yours. Right. And it's not about getting to a dysfunctional, codependent, whatever place. You know that by now because you know me. It has to do with getting your ex- expectations out of the way. And for example, giving thanks for the daffodils mm-hmm. instead of the roses. And that's really a big deal because it's not that, well, God's just not going to give you anything good and you shouldn't expect anything. Right. No, here's the deal. God, this is what I said to my friend as well. God did not promise you roses. God promised you love. Right. And you filtered that big idea of love because of emotional baggage, past experience, expectations, ego stuff, Mm -hmm. movies that you've seen and everything else. Yeah. You filtered this concept of love down into one specific bouquet of roses. Right. That you did that. God's not breaking a promise. Right. Your job is to open up to the idea. You know, there's this concept of the mental equivalent. It's an old new thought mm-hmm. term. And the idea is if you have the mental equivalent of the blessing, the the prosperity, the love, the healing, the whatever, if you have the mental equivalent, the physical counterpart will, will come about. But you're not supposed to have the mental equivalent of a bouquet of roses. Right. You're supposed to have the mental equivalent of, of love. love. You're right. not supposed to have the mental equivalent of the jaguar. You're supposed to have the mental equivalent of freedom, for right. example. Your job is to get back to the cause because that's where God lives. Yeah. And I think that so often people get half of the new thought idea and they think they're supposed to tell God what to do. And I got to tell you, that doesn't work. Mm-mm. It just doesn't work yeah and it just brings about frustration and it brings about guilt well how come this is not working for me it must be me i must be broken i must not be thinking right or i must not god be doing doesn't that. like me very yeah. much yeah yeah and either way it's yeah can you imagine once again go back to it 
I bring you some daffodils and you go, well, you don't love me or I must be unattractive. Yeah. Wait a minute. (laughs) Hold up. You know, think of it. Think of it. And do you really want to play that game with God and life and the universe and everything? Or can you be okay with, you know what? These are pretty. Mm -hmm. Thanks for loving me. Yeah. Can you do that? It's not hard to do, but that is the nucleus of this. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst and you can't necessarily see it. He talks about, even in that conversation with Nicodemus that I mentioned at the top of this uh, talk, the top of this talk, he said, you know, you can feel the wind blowing, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going and hear it. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst and you can't see it because it is unexpressed potentiality. Mm-hmm. Your job is not to crystallize and brittleize what God can do for you. Your job is to be okay with the idea that I don't know how this is going to go. What I know is that Pharaoh's army is coming. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel that urgency and sometimes even that fear. We're going to get from fear and into faith. But in life, there's stuff, there's bills to pay. There's there's doctors' diagnoses, diagnoses that we're not crazy about. There are things. Pharaoh's army is coming. And you can start telling God what to do and be surprised when the bones don't show up. Or you can stand there and go, okay, God, I know you got this. And I'm okay with however this goes. Mm-hmm. I've given up, to mix my metaphors, I've given up my faster horse. Yeah. And I'm ready for some new mode of transportation. Because we've all got somewhere to go. With that in mind, Let's take our opportunity to give. You can support this church by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. If you're watching this YouTube movie, um, well, obviously you are because <laughs> if, if you're not how watching, would you be in this? how are you doing this? Are <laughs> you in my house? If you're watching this YouTube movie, there is a link in the comment section and you can click on the link and it'll open a new browser window. You won't lose this window or anything like that. So it's okay to do that. Go to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. There's options there to, to pay one time or to do a recurring payment and all kinds. It's very, very easy and straightforward to do that. And we're counting on you to help keep this ministry going. Thank you in advance and thank you in continuance, let's say. Let's hold those gifts of love and substance in our minds and hearts as we say our blessing together. God God is is my my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is and so it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as always, I want to remind you that you're not alone. We pray together as a family. Thank you for being a part of this family. Thank you for liking and subscribing and sharing these videos. It means a lot when you share them. Thank you for the comments that I know are going to be especially good today. I'm looking forward (laughs) to, to seeing what you have to say and all of that. Let's pray together. God, God, I'm I'm ready ready for change. change. My My heart heart is open. open. I'm I'm not not afraid afraid anymore. anymore. My My life life is is in peace. peace. And And on purpose. purpose. Amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Thank you. 
Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.